Hi everyone and welcome to the Mini Gaming Union podcast for Tuesday, September the 14th. I'm your host Daryl and I'm here with Fozzie. Hey guys. Astharis. Hey yeah. And Jordan. Hello. He's a little bit under the weather at the moment. Yeah, I'm a little bit sick, so if yeah. I have to suddenly stack of tissues bolt there. out of the room and go to the hospital, then you'll know why. Well, that's a bit extreme, isn't it? <laughs> It'll make for a good podcast. I did hear that man flu does uh, man flu? appear in all forms. And, yeah. <laughs> that will make for a dramatic <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Halfway through, we all have to leave. We'll have the, the paramedics will come and get me, and but they'll stop, and we'll get their thoughts on games, and it'll be great. I think it would be good. It would, it, yeah, it'd certainly be different. That can, maybe that can be our niche. We'll, we'll do a poll. If the viewers want me to get sick and medevaced on the podcast, then we'll make it happen. <laughs> yep, we'll, yep. we'll make it happen, yeah. Okay, so to remind everyone, Minigup is our community show for the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union podcast series and the Gaming Union forums. And today, we're going to talk about two topics, and they are games you're tired of hearing about and special collector's deluxe editions. Are they worth it? We'll also be debuting a new section for this podcast, which is the question segment, and we're going to talk about Wii Move and Connect and trophies and achievements. I'd like to thank everyone who uh, submitted questions and also who gave feedback. Just to remind everyone, Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union has a new show every Tuesday. The series includes three different shows that follow a weekly release schedule of Kingdom Hearts Union, Final Fantasy Union, and Mini Gup. And this podcast is produced by Gaming Union and TweaksMusic.com. It comes out on iTunes and GamingUnion.net. And uh, Astara, did you want to say a little bit about the Eurogame Expo? Oh yes, loads of us um, from the forums are going to be there this year, On mostly on the Saturday, but some people will be kicking about the whole weekend, so if you're um, a listener and you're going to Eurogamer, then we'll probably be there on the Saturday, and you might be able to catch some of us there, so hope to see you there. I may or may not be going. <laughs> I don't think anybody cares that much, Daryl. <laughs> yeah. I, I, well, I just thought else. I'd say in case people do care. I wish I could go. <laughs> right? Yeah, and me sadly, too. Sadly, it's too far away. We'll have our own little expo. Yeah, exactly. We'll go in. We'll go in through satellite. Jordan, you are having your own expo. That's true. In a little while. When is the Eurogamer Expo? Uh, the start of October. Hmm. Where do they have so it? Not competing with ours. It's in Earl's Court in London. Cool. Okay, so I think we're going to jump into our first thread, and that is games you're tired of hearing about. <laughs> uh, I'd like to give a special thank you to Juxtor and Astaris for. Picking out these threads and sifting through to find the best comments. This is a great topic. I like this. Yeah. yeah. This was started by fellow staff member Adam, also known as Sanrin. And he started off by saying, Yeah, we all love gaming. That's a given. But not every game. Some games make me want to spit up acid into someone's face when I hear the mention of them. Games like Final <laughs> Fantasy VII, for example. Oh, Adam. <laughs> I wonder That's what he pretty... doesn't like. <laughs> It's a pretty harsh example, I think, spitting up acid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, sometimes these things have to be done. And if you want to put a point across, why not? Mm-hmm. It's true. Karen goes as far as to say, Kingdom Hearts, it doesn't want to make me want to puke acid on people's faces, but, like, seriously, it's not that great. What does it make you want to do, Karen? That's what we want to know. Mm-hmm. Does it make you want to punch babies? Do you want to spit something else on people's faces? Hmm. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy <laughs> but yeah um yeah there's quite a few games that you know 
you just keep hearing and hearing and hearing about and you're just kind of like when will it ever end <laughs> kingdom hearts is definitely one of them i know um mm. birth by S before sleep or whatever it's called i don't even know the full title birth before sleep, birth, birth yeah. sleep. there we go <laughs> i know that came out recently so you've got to give kingdom hearts a bit of um leeway on that but people talk about i think kingdom it's hearts. more the fact that they just keep releasing so many games for it and mm. to be honest i don't know how they can manage to carry on stringing along the story what is the story even like i have lost everything about the story so far i don't know the organization 13 members i don't know any of that i'm completely lost and yeah it's bad <laughs> especially because it's not linear because they keep like they start in one time like period and then they jump backwards and then you don't it just exactly. reminds me of the matrix they were like okay right we've got a great concept for a game but you know we don't really think it you know we're not planning for a sequel and then it did really well, so they were like, oh, we've got to make a sequel. And then that did really well as well, so they were like, oh, we've got to do loads of spin-offs. Oh, how can we drag this out well, anymore? I think the worst thing about it was the fact that they put the first sequel on uh, the DS instead of putting it on the PlayStation 2. Like, Chain of Memories was technically kind of like a sequel because it did continue the story a bit, like, with regards the to the Boy. organization. But it's just like... You go right from Kingdom Hearts to Kingdom Hearts 2, and you have no clue what's going on or who these characters are. It's very disconnected, and I'm just... Ugh. Did it upset you? Just a little bit. A little bit. It itches it that spot, you know, a little spot that you... Do you know what really upsets me? What? Why... Uh, Kane and Lynch. I, I just... I cannot for the light... Right, seriously, those PR people and marketing people have just done a genius job because the game is terrible. But it still manages to sell millions. Yeah, there are loads of adverts I've seen about it. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then, like, every single review I've, like, seen or read has been terrible. Just like, mm. it's a terrible, terrible game. 30 seconds into the demo, yeah, why am I playing this? <laughs> it, <off>. <laughs> it actually made me feel sick. Like, physically sick. Because mm -hmm. the camera was just so crazy. And even when I turned it off, it still wasn't... I mean, there's the whole... Uh, they want it to be like um, YouTube videos where like if someone's videoed uh, like a crisis happening or something then there's all this shaky cams going on and it's all really low quality footage and they wanted to simulate that but it doesn't really come across that well. It just gives you motion sickness. Yeah. Well I don't know where you guys are hearing like about Kingdom Hearts and Kane and Lynch all the time. I mean I get, I don't know, maybe they're not always the strongest franchises but I don't really like... I'm not bombarded with uh, Kingdom Hearts, I don't know, information all the time, so I don't really think about it. What do you feel you're bombarded with, Jordan? Well, I like, I don't know, I'm taking a look at uh, Chaos's, Chaos24's comment here, and he's got some good ones in his list. He says, Duke Nukem Forever should have been done a long time ago, Call of Duty, give it a rest, Pokemon, no, just no, these are all his captions, by the way. Um <laughs> <laughs> Half-Life 3, it hasn't even been announced yet, but the weekly chatter about it drives me crazy. Final Fantasy 7 Remake, the king of them all. Give me new, fresh games instead of a remake, please. Especially <laughs> especially Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Duke Nukem Forever. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, Halo as well. Yeah, I'm done with Halo. Microsoft talk about... I mean, Halo Reach is coming out, and they're basically acting like it's the second coming or something. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not even that great of a game. I mean, like, compared to Call... I know that Call of Duty is on this list. Uh, I actually do like Call of Duty quite a bit, but compared to Halo, it's such a better game than Halo. I'm sorry. 
It's just bad. Well, I mean, some of these are still, like, good games, but I can see why you're saying, you know, like, oh, we're tired of hearing about it. Like, yeah, Call of Duty, yeah. it's a good franchise, but I mean, I don't, there's definitely some fatigue when they're putting one out every year, but I just think Duke mm. Nukem Forever is hilarious because even now, you know, there's all this excitement about PAX that the game is actually going to finally come out, and... I'm almost mm. just relieved that it is coming out because then it's like, okay, the jokes will eventually end. Yeah, we can just put it behind us. Yeah. <laughs> we can forget it ever existed. Oh, well, if it's terrible, then they'll just go on oh, even more. Another we'll game, and this is... for the next one. I, I, oh, dear. I know I'm going to get a ton of, of just flames for this, but uh, Madden. I'm tired of Madden and NHL. I... They're I think this... it's the same for all sports franchises it's just like... because they come out every year. And it's the same game over and over again. And everybody's just like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for Madden 2010, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, it's the same game they that came out last the year. They updated the rosters. Well, I mean, it's a little different with sports stuff because, I mean, I guess, but I don't hear too much, you know, crazy hype about everyone, like, so excited for um, the new Madden. Like, not in the sense that, like... I don't know, it's on Halo level of, like, bombarded with all this stuff, but... Mm. I mean, it, it'll be better once we get to a point where it's not, like, a yearly release every year, if they could actually do, like, Madden subscription and just, mm -hmm. you know, make it into, like, this persistent thing. You pay into it, they update it whenever they feel like it. Then we won't have to hear about it. I think uh, one of the main reasons why, I, like, in college, or in, well, in Bloomsburg, I was constantly around guys who played Madden and were really, really, like, just It's the American Gamer. It. Oh, it's the American game, my butt. All they do is play Halo and Madden. Uh, <laughs> well, Stakes, pick up then I guess, and football. I guess I'm just not an American. Nope. Well, you're not a guy. That's true, too. Yeah. Hey, well, I'm Canadian and I play Madden, so there you go. But do you play Halo? Not really, but I will play a bit of Reach, you know, I'll, I'll play it for a bit. But So you don't really fit the stereotype then, Jordan, and that's because you're not American. There you go. We've we've all learned something yeah. today. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know, any any other good ones that we've missed out on? Um, I mean, the Square Enix, they, they do have a tendency to, I mean, like, Final Fantasy 13. Oh, yeah, is... and Versus 13, I'm already tired of hearing yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I find that's a different one because they haven't actually said anything about it. I think that's what makes it worse, though. I mean, they've not said anything, but people just keep talking over the facts, but they don't know anything about it. So what is it actually to Well, it's generally that someone, someone says a minute comment and then it's everywhere. It, like, erupts. Like, it's huge news. Like, Nomura said <laughs> it's a PS3 exclusive again for the 20th time. <laughs> or, huge headline. Or one of our own stories where it's like, oh, we can't. Guarantee it's coming out in 2011. And the internet yeah. exploded. Yeah. It did explode. And I don't know why, really. I like I like the Half-Life 3 one as well. Or not not Half-Life 3, Half-Life uh, 2 Episode 3. Hear about that way too much with, I don't know, nothing ever happening on that. Mm -hmm. uh, I just... After Halo Reach, uh, Halo is just going to be like, when's Halo 4 going to be coming out? When's Halo 4 coming out? I don't know. I feel like after Reach, like it may finally die down a bit. Like there is that other studio. What is it? Three, three four, three. Four, three. Yeah, they're making something. But I get the feeling like it'll it'll kind of subside a bit now that Bungie's doing something else. Hopefully, who knows? 
Whereas Modern Warfare will just go the other way, or Call, Call of Duty will just go the other way. So it's now going to have like three games a year or something, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> well, basically anything Activision puts out. Tired of hearing about Guitar Hero. Yeah. Tired of hearing Definitely. about... Rock Band. I'm tired of hearing about Activision's games, which are just made to pinpoint niches in the market. Like, they just announced a game called Blood Drive, which is coming out in two months' time, and they just announced it, like, yesterday... And it's a game about post-apocalyptic cars and zombies. <laughs> it's like, what kind of zombie games aren't there on the market right now? Well, I don't think it's any with cars. Let's make it. <laughs> Maybe that's another thing I'm tired about is just the massive amount of zombie games that are out. I mean, I love a lot of them, but still, it's just kind of like it's the same game over and over again. Let's just kill zombies. Zombies like, have become like... The game equivalent to vampire flicks and TV yeah, shows. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's kind of like, oh god. But you know what? I'd prefer yeah. zombies over vampires and Twilight, so it's all good. <laughs> what if it was a game where you could well, kill the vampires in Twilight? We're lucky we don't have a Twilight game yet. Oh, yeah. Well, well we will. It's a, it's a matter of time. Yeah, it's <laughs> only a matter of time. It'll be, how can you get into Bella's pants? Hmm. I it's going to be a JRPG. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anime or manga. Anyway, I think on that note, we should move on to our next topic, <laughs> which is talking about special editions and whether or not they're worth it. So, only potential style this, and he says, Okay, so I just pre ordered the special edition of Little Big Planet 2, and it's $20 more than the actual game. And that made me ask myself, How often do you pre order games, and when you do, do you get the special edition? Everything they offer, is it always worth the price they ask? I have only ever got one collector's edition, and that was because it was the same price as the normal edition. I never pre-order games just because I don't like to give GameSpot the satisfaction. <laughs> when they ask me, even if it would be useful, I'm just like, nah. GameSpot or GameStop? Oh, GameStop. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry. I, I haven't really ordered any games, uh like pre-ordered any games because it's just too expensive for me i'd rather just wait a little bit until the price goes down i i always pre-order games because i can't bother to go to a store to actually buy them and it's cheaper as well but i don't get the whole thing of i mean everyone's doing these pre-order bonuses now and like you get like well if you buy it from this free retailer then you get a different in-game costume well i don't really care actually i'm Playing, buying the game because I want to play it, not because I'm getting a different gun skin. I think it depends on how much you actually care about the game that you're buying. I mean, obviously, if it's just like a game you want to play, then that's fair enough. But if it's something that you really love, then you probably want to get every single one. I wonder if people like pre-order from everywhere just to get every single different one they could get. Oh, probably. Not. Yeah, that's what I mean. Is that's another like weird area. Like if you actually did love these franchises that much that you have to, you'd have to buy the game multiple times to get everything technically even though they're little like tiny pieces of content it's just weird that like some well i mean didn't heavy rain have different covers which game heavy rain uh i'm uh, not sure didn't, didn't have I different, think they box had different boxes they had like yeah. a cardboard box and like your normal plastic box i, I know I mean, it's clearly just a way for the publishers to exploit their fans by giving them something that's a little bit attractive for a little bit more money. I know for uh, when I first bought Kingdom Hearts, um, my box was like uh, the hieroglyphic box. It was like really shiny. And then the ones that came out later, they didn't have the shiny 
stuff on it, and that was pretty yeah, much it. I think I've I think I've got that one as well. Yeah, and then um, the only other game that I mean, I got I got the collector's edition of Assassin's Creed, and it's actually a pain in the ass because it comes in that huge metal tin and it doesn't stack up next to the other games. Oh yeah, that's the same with Final Fantasy twelve. How Final Fantasy twelve came in a tin. A tin box instead. You can't stack it. Nah. What did, what did you get in the Assassin's Creed Collector's Edition? Because that seems like something that actually could be kind of cool if they put in. Well, like... it was just it was the one that was exactly it was exactly the same price as the normal edition, and the only thing you got was like the tin, oh. and you got like some postcards. You got a really nice thing with uh, Uncharted, didn't you? That wasn't a retail thing. Gotcha. That was a special. You're going to review this game edition. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Those are always worth it. It was really cool. But yeah, I mean, there was an Assassin's Creed edition that gave you, like, a figurine of Altair. Well, I was thinking more, like, games that are set in a, a uh, historical context could actually be cool having little, I don't know, little uh, bonus features in the collector's edition that give you, like, more background on the time period or something like that. Assassin's Creed seems like one to me that... They could make it really cool if they wanted to, but I guess if it's just a tin, then they kind of failed. I just remember that I did buy another Clex edition, which was Final Fantasy VIII, and that actually came with some decent stuff. It came with like a t-shirt and a poster and like a keyring and stuff, which I guess if you're a fan, it's kind of nice. Yeah, exactly. They're made for fans regardless, and if I guess it really depends on who you're going to, because yeah, t-shirts and posters, that's stuff that fans want, so I guess you just got to do a little research beforehand because, you know, not not all deluxe editions are created equal. Well, I know uh, for Christmas one year, uh, my dad had bought me Final Fantasy X-2, and that was actually not a bad bundle. Like, I got the, um, the guide as well with it, and then I also got, like, a really nice art book, and... I don't know, like, that, that was... It was simple, but it was really nice anyway. Yeah, I mean, I haven't had that much with games, even though some of these, like, I love the franchises, but I haven't felt like that compelled to go get that extra swag. But, I mean, I can understand it because... You haven't been compelled to go and get the uh, Modern Warfare Special Edition. What, with the... What do they have in there? Like, the night vision goggles or something? Yeah, this one, the new one's coming out with a remote control car. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Are you not tempted? No, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I can see it because the one, like the one, uh, not in games but in music. Like um, I really love Radiohead, so if when they then their last album they put out this huge um, bonus edition that had an extra CD with different songs on it. It had like all all kinds of different features, and it was like oh, I don't know, it was like eighty dollars. It was huge premium edition. But I mean, with that, I was like, okay, that's worth it for me. So. If you're a yeah, fan, yeah, it has yeah. a difference. It makes a difference if it's stuff actually worth having, like extra content. But when it's just like stuff, like postcards and stuff, you sort of got to question whether it's actually worth the extra like amount you pay for it. Yeah, like stickers or something. It doesn't. Stickers don't seem worth it to me. I mean, Eskimo Keith has an interesting take. Would you say, Asaris? Um, he says I like special editions because I like getting the limited stuff that others can be jealous of. It's honest. I'm it's an honest jealous. point. Yeah. Well, it's true. Yeah. I mean, it's nice when there's actually really good stuff, you know, like figures and, you know, replicas and stuff like that. If you really love the franchise, then I can totally understand why you do that. I mean, I have loads of Final Fantasy figurines that I've bought, um, like 
outside of actually buying the games. Um, so I can understand why you'd want to do it, but it's just the question of laying down the extra cash up front for a game that you're not even sure you're going to like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it seems like you got to um, just do your homework and you know know what you're getting. And if you like the series, mm-hmm. then you're probably going to like it anyway. Yeah. Well, um, Moomoo on the site says, it honestly depends on what it offers. If a soundtrack or figurine is included, I'll most likely buy it. However, after receiving the Dissidia limited edition, I was slightly disappointed with the amount of music tracks, which made me more cautious on whether to get the limited editions. Yeah, this is something that Square Enix are doing, which kind of bugs me. They're basically, they're making OSTs, which are like, one CD and normal OSTs are about four CDs, and they're like the best collection. Yeah. So it, it makes you it makes it sound like you're getting the the full soundtrack, but you're just getting a selection of songs, and I think it's really cheeky. Yeah, that's really lame. Especially like especially annoying if like your favorite tracks aren't even on the CD that you've got. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> I think it's time to move on to our questions. Would you like to take the first question, Jordan? I shall. Our first question is asked asked by Laz Lagus. Lagus. All right, I knew that. <laughs> it's the sickness. <laughs> Start over. <laughs> Anyways, um, Sony and Microsoft are close to releasing their new additions to their consoles, PlayStation Move and Kinect, which both have similarities to the Nintendo Wii. What are your views on the three different versions, and which would be your choice of purchase, if any at all? Um, personally, at least for that last point of which would be my choice of purchase, it would be none of them, just because I, I haven't really seen what move or connect, like, in terms of a specific game, what is what is the killer app that makes them, you know, a must-have? They don't really have one. Yeah, well, that's a strange thing. Like, I mean, the closest thing I can think of is... Dance Central for Connect. So you can go up on stage and dance like that guy <laughs> who's now internet famous. <laughs> Is there a famous Connect guy? Yeah, he was in the press conference. Oh, okay, okay. The guy gotcha. who's like, oh, I only started dancing two weeks ago just using Dance Central and look at how good I am. Yeah, now. okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, like I'm, I'm not a fan of, I don't know, dancing games, but at least with Dance Central, it shows what Kinect can actually do, like the full the full body tracking. And that's something where, you know, even if you're not a fan of dancing or dance games, you can at least see the technology and be like, oh, that's really cool. I think the main problem with, like, motion capture sort of games is that everybody thinks, oh, cool, we can do motion capture now. How are we going to integrate this into games? Rather than doing it the other way around, thinking, right, we're making this game and it'd be really cool if we could use motion capture. They just sort of fit it around it, so then the games just don't see seem like all that dedicated to actually using it to the best of its ability. Yeah, I mean, when they first announced the Wii, I was like, well, okay, so maybe it's not going to be that great, but there is a ton of potential there if they actually do it right. I mean... Ten- like games like tennis that's the perfect game to tr- to i guess go along with that because the racket feels perfectly natural the way you would hold it and in my opinion that's probably the only sport that would really translate that well to that kind of motion controls apparently golf is really good as well i don't play golf myself but i have a friend that does and he kind says of... it's just perfect it's exactly the same the um, well it, it is and it the isn't mm-hmm. the only difference is that um with golf the the club the way the club is weighted is yeah. so like you 
if you're doing a golf swing with uh, the, the the Wiimote or Move, you, you can't really, uh, I guess, tell where the club is pointing unless you kind of look at the screen for directions. Whereas with a game like tennis, you just kind of swing. Yeah. You don't need to know. Like, if you, it's a lot less precise than golf needs to be because it's less reliant on the weight of the actual thing. Yeah. But I haven't even... It, well, the Wii's been out for how long and they still haven't managed to make a decent game that uses it in a way that isn't just pointing at the screen. Well, I think mm-hmm. Astaris's point overall was spot on in that most people that are using it are sort of, you know, implementing it after they've already come up with a concept because there's either, you know, publisher pressure or, I don't know, they just want to get the box quote that he uses it or something. So we haven't seen too many from the ground up good game design ideas based around, you know, uh, motion control. But there's been a few rare exceptions on the Wii, and I think it just takes some time. Like, with Move and Connect right now, we haven't seen as much excitement just because most of the ideas haven't been that original yet, but I think they'll get there. And WarioWare is perfect for the Wii, just because you can do all the different motions and stuff, and it's all about mini-games. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I haven't played that. Uh, I mean, that's. I guess that's kind of my problem with it. Most of the games are all point and click. I think Maves Move is gonna change that slightly because it has a better sensing ability. But I mean, it still seems to be that that's kind of the way it's gonna go. I think it'll make a huge difference putting it to, putting it to use on games that aren't casual in the casual area. But I mean, even what PlayStation are doing. I mean, there was a thing that we wrote up about how. Move's going to get shovelware, and, and loads of people countered it by saying, well, you know, games like Killzone are supporting Move. And it's like, well, Killzone 3 wasn't designed with Move in mind. It was kind of added. You can use Move if you want to, but that's not the way it's supposed to be played. Yeah, exactly. I mean, well, the one exception to that, I think, is uh, Heavy Rain with Move support. I think that'll be really cool. I hope so, because they um, they stopped making the DLC for that so they could move all of their developers onto doing the um, Move yeah, that's disappointing. I mean, if it, if I were going to have one or the other, I would have wanted more Heavy Rain DLC, but yeah, at least Heavy Rain, you know, it felt like a game that would logically use motion control. Well, it kind of does anyway. Exactly, that's what I mean, is that they use the six axis and all that stuff so well that it just kind of almost feels like you are using a motion controller. I mean, I haven't tried Connect yet, but I mean, Move didn't exactly wow me when I tried it out, but no, me I haven't either. tried it in a closed environment. So, I mean, I don't know if that makes a difference. I think the problem with Move is that, and I mean, I don't know, maybe they'll be able to hook people in with sort of like, oh, you know, forty nine ninety nine, get started with Move. But the problem is that there are so many accessories and stuff you need to buy, like if you want to play. It hasn't seemed to have made Nintendo struggle. Well, that's what I mean, is that they may be able to lure people in with that, and then they'll just keep buying stuff. I, But... Like, with games like The Fight, where you actually have to have two full wands to play it, if you want to play two-player in that game, you got to have four move wands. Like, that's that's not cheap. Yep. How much is that in comparison to how much Connect is? Because I hear that's a really huge price. Just Connect is a lot more. But, I mean, that was the Connect point. The reason that they priced it so high is because you only need to buy it once. Yeah. Whereas with Move, like, if you want to play four players, you've got to buy four sets yeah, exactly. Well, I think yeah, you're getting you're getting somewhat better value out of the gate with Connect, but I think you know Sony. It's smart in terms of uh, business strategy to at least price it low so you can get it into people's homes at 
at a cheap cost. And- I think it's kind of a role reversal because Microsoft were always criticizing Sony for just having one system that people could buy, whereas they had lots of choice for b- different people so they could do what they wanted to do. Now, Microsoft had just got one option and PlayStation like saying, well, you can do what you want to do. You know, if you only want to play Move by yourself, you only buy one controller. Yeah, I remember I wrote an article on this a while ago, just sort of how this point of like Microsoft and Sony have kind of changed a lot of their philosophies and like adopted each other's, especially through like what you're saying with what we're seeing with Move and Connect. What about you, uh, Lauren? Um, I don't really have much of an opinion on it yet because I don't really know a lot about it. Um... So yeah, that's it's deep. I guess <laughs> I'm gonna go away what, now. What don't you know about them? Like what? Yeah. What do you know? What don't you? I honestly don't know a lot because I um, well, I don't have any of the new systems. Well, currently, I think many so, people do because they're not out yet. You know, no, I mean like I don't have PlayStation Three or Xbox 360 currently, so I haven't really been looking into any new software for it because. Right now, I'm just looking into actually getting a PS3. Well, you're you're a good candidate <laughs> then. I mean, because that's what Sony and Microsoft want. They want people who don't know about this stuff, but I I guess it's not working. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, with Move, it's kind of weird, too, because it launches in less than two weeks, but I haven't really seen much marketing for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I haven't really seen anything. No, I think most of the marketing for it is coming from the games themselves. themselves. They, They just say, oh, yeah, we use Move now or whatever, but Move just hasn't done anything for itself. Yeah, they. I don't think they can rely on that though, because only like the the hardcore gamers are going to hear about. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I was speaking to uh, I was speaking to someone about Move the other day, and they had no idea what it was. Yeah, exactly. That's a big problem. I think it's also because I haven't really ran into anything with Move again, because all I have right now, the latest uh, game system I have right now is my PS2. So it's like I don't buy games that are for or are compatible with move do you not have so to do you not have an iToy you know that was sort of first gen move i do have an iToy i only use it for uh my laptop <laughs> though <laughs> i had a game that i could use it with but i don't play it anymore it's like a workout game type thing but i did have a i did have an might iToy. have to go or wait oh the the iToy was the ps2 generation right and then it's PlayStation yeah. I. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, mm-hmm. if you had a PlayStation I, you'd have to come over and play iPad. That game looks cool. Oh. <laughs> well, it's going to be coming out with Move as well. They're re-releasing it. Yeah. Move version. There you go. Killer you can... app. iPad. Yeah, it's like Connectimals, but not. It's like, yeah, Connectables, but not really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Skills. <laughs> Yay. Oh, good. I think I think that <laughs> little girl there was the best like actor at the conference though. So she's she sold it the most. <laughs> That's yeah. saying a lot. Anyway, Lauren, would you like to t- go on to the next question? Sure. Uh this question was asked by If I Were a Chocobo. That's a really good name actually. That's cute. Um I was recently playing an old school PlayStation game some time ago when I realized that the last time I played a game without trophies or achievements was Super Smash Brothers for the Wii. My question to you guys is, do you think that having these pseudo rewards for completing sometimes ridiculously hard challenges contributes to or steals from the simple joy of playing a game? Uh, yes and no. Generally when I play through a game, I don't really care that much about the trophies or achievements. And then I'll go back and see what I could get if I feel like it. Yeah, I feel the same. I think I think it also 
prolongs the amount that you play a game if like there's some simple trophies for you to get you think well it's not going to take me that long and you might actually find yourself enjoying doing those trophies so it's stuff that you wouldn't actually have done otherwise or in the case of iron man mm. 2 i was contemplating trying to get more trophies and then i went back to try and get them and then i was like this game's too terrible i can't <laughs> put myself through this but because the trophies were there i contemplated doing it yeah <laughs> trophy whore yeah they really do uh make you want to play the game more just in order to complete it and get 100 percent. because i know for me i like getting everything i can in every game even if it's like nearly impossible for me to get it like if my level is too low or something i'll level up in order to get to the point where i can actually get that achievement or something i'm not like that at all i've never 100 percent completed a game and I rarely go out of my way to get a trophy. I mean, there have been a few games that I've thought maybe I could platinum this. Like, I played a ton of MotorStorm Pacific Rift, and just playing the hell out of it, I almost got there. So I thought, hmm, you know, maybe I should just finish it. But I, I think for most people, trophies and achievements are sort of like a validation of, you know, hey, I didn't, like, waste my time. There is some evidence that I actually beat this. Well, I, I think it depends on the trophies or achievements as well, because, I mean, like, Madden, for example, the trophies in that are just so stupid. It's like, do this play in this quarter with this setup against this team. Yeah, no, Madden's got really bad achievements and trophies that I don't know. I don't even think about at all when I play that. But like I said, in most games, I don't pay that much attention to the trophies or achievements. I think there are some games that in like certain gaming circles, they all talk about just going out and renting it because they're really easy to platinum. So then they can go around saying they got so yeah. many platinums. Terminator Salvation. Like the... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I bet that it, I bet that's a strategy for like some games. If they know they're not going to sell well, they're probably like... Well, let's just make the achievements really easy so all the horrors go out there and buy them. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, some of them on the Xbox, um, there were some that were like Barbie's Dreamland and stuff, and people were actually buying them so they could get their 100,000 uh, achievement points. See, I think, I'd, I think I'd delete someone off my friends list if I saw them blatantly like, <laughs> mil milking a game like that. I'd probably be like, all right, delete. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> some of them are really funny as well because you see i think quake 4 was one on the xbox they had all these achievements in there that presumed the game would do a certain like that was like get this amount of kills online and it, it presumed that there would be people to actually play online against but the game didn't really sell that well so it's almost impossible to get the achievements because there's literally no one to kill it's a sad day well, really, achievements have like I know they weren't necessarily called achievements back then, but there's a lot of PlayStation 2 games that have, like, side missions or side objectives, so it's not like this is a really new thing. We just kind of gave it a name and gave people credit for it. Well, yeah, it. I mean, it's new like, because people, you can now brag about it like, and Grand Theft Auto, without having to take a screenshot. Like, Grand Theft Auto <laughs> is a prime example. Grand Theft Auto Vice City, there's so many things, different things that you could accomplish in that game. Like, um... Well, Final Fantasy's had loads for, for ages. Which one? Final Fantasy. Yeah, like, uh, Final Fantasy X2. I keep going back to that. Why do I keep going back to that? Um... You want the 100%. I do. I want it so desperately. I've played through that game, like, five times. I know, I know, I know. It's I've, I've said this before, but 
Final Fantasy X2 is the only Final Fantasy game I've ever played, ironically. <laughs> that is special, Jordan. I'm going to cherish this moment. I- I've said this, I'm sure I've said this on the podcast at least once or twice before. I don't think you have. I don't, I don't remember hearing it. Okay, well, I, I don't know. I-, I haven't been, you know, I haven't hid the fact that the only Final Fantasy I've played game I've played is like the one most people regard as like the worst. I was going to say, perhaps you should well, keep that secret. Yeah. 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 I didn't mind it's it. It's certainly not the most manly Final Fantasy game. I know we've talked about it a lot and we've dissed it a lot, but I honestly did not mind it. I I, I really like I it. Minded, I minded the corny girl stuff. I minded that, but overall, I, I liked... I enjoyed playing that game, and I enjoy, enjoyed uh, achieving the various side missions. And playing through it four times. Yes. Although I... I have a hundred percent it I have the save with a hundred percent on it, but it for whatever reason I didn't get the perfect ending yet, so I need to pay through Rich. it again. I know <laughs> it's terrible <laughs> to be to be honest though, even though you can like platinum out a game or get a hundred percent, there's still ways to see any sort of like rewards you get on like YouTube or whatever anyway, so that's true too. if you're really that desperate. You know, you can just go and see it on YouTube. The only difference is with the actual achievements or trophies is your friends can actually see whether you've actually done the game. Yeah, yeah it's just all, bragging about it. Yeah, it's all bragging rights. That reminds me of saying what you were just saying about uh, YouTube. Adam sent me a link to this guy who was playing through Pokemon and there was like an extremely rare chance of getting this Pokemon in a certain form. And he had like three DSs set up and he was just recording himself playing through it. And he did like 50,000 random battles or something. Holy and then he finally God. got it. Oh my gosh. And then he went ballistic and started screaming. A life well wasted. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Dedication. And, there, and all the comments are like congratulating him. <laughs> and it's like he just wasted months, I think, of his life. See, I don't... Good job, buddy. Good job. I don't like watching other people like get achievements i like doing it myself just because i i don't know maybe i do feel well, kind because of if you're watching someone else you're not getting them i'm not getting them and i don't feel accomplished <laughs> like as much as i hated it and i even watched i even watched the scene that comes after you uh complete this challenge on assassin's creed uh 2 because regardless of the fact that i don't have a next gen now i did have an xbox 360 i just sold it back um, on Assassin's Creed 2, there's that one mission where you have to find all of the feathers. It was so annoying because you had to go back to every oh, freaking... Oh, I did that, yeah. I, I did it, even though I already watched the ending and even though it wasn't really lackluster, I still did it just because I felt the urge to. Like, I was just so addicted. See, that, yeah. that's, amazing. Really great. that's amazing to me because... I remember seeing all those fl- feathers and just being like, no way. There's no way I'm going to go find all those. The, the worst thing with Assassin's Creed 2 is there's one trophy that's missable. There's one trophy that you can only get in the bit where you've got the flying machine. Yeah. And yeah you can get it in. If you miss it first time around, you've You're got to done. play halfway through the game again. And yeah. I actually did that. You well, did see, it. I played you... halfway through. Yeah. Oh, wow. my goodness. <laughs> That's that's crazy. I think, well, okay, I remember that hearing that in the DLC, 
they actually put out a mission where you could use the flying machine again just for that purpose so people could get the Yeah, trophy. I think that's exactly why, yeah. <laughs> but I I bit my tongue and played an extra 6 hours of Assassin's Creed. Wow. At least at least it's a good game so you're not suffering that much, but wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I do love Assassin's Creed 2. I played through that game like a million times if I had the chance. Oh, it's so much fun. Strangely enough, I actually really liked the the trophies in Heavy Rain. And I think it's funny cuz I remember David Cage saying that, you know, he didn't even want them to be there. He didn't like he doesn't believe in that concept, but they were actually really cool. Because you'd get it after you did something and then it was kind of like, oh, the trophy popped up, you know, a designer actually thought that out and wanted me to do that, and I just happened to, you know, stumble upon it. It's a nice way to get you to try and play all of the different endings and stuff. You well, know, that's yeah. the point that he didn't want the trophies because I don't think he wanted people to do that. I think he did say at one point that he wanted people just to play it through once as if it was a yeah. movie and then not play it again. Well, because if you play it through again, it kind of loses its mystique a bit. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't I don't think he... I, I've, I've heard that too, but I, what I think he meant was he didn't want people to, you know, make a mistake or do something that they were like, oh, I wish that this happened, and then, like, go back to their last save and immediately try it again. Like, I, I think he later came out and said that it was all right to, you know, go and play the game all the way through again if you wanted, but... You know, don't. He didn't want people to go back to their saves after like there was some outcome that you know they didn't like yeah, immediately. Don't, don't worry about killing off your characters; it doesn't matter. Hey, I had I made it through with all of them alive. So did I. I did as well. <laughs> <laughs> I did. We're all good people. I did not. Which oh, boo! Died? I have never played Heavy Rain. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's probably good. They We're getting died. into spoiler territory there. That's true. Okay. Well, in that case, I think it's about time I rounded up the show, Jordan. <laughs> all right, all right, Daryl. <laughs> yeah. You do You can that. find Minigub in the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union section on GamingUnion.net and also on iTunes. And we, if you want to hear more about it, just subscribe. Um, we also employ you to jump on GamingUnion.net and join in with the discussions. We'll start. We'll be starting up a new thread for the for this podcast. So feel free to give us your feedback and also ask questions in the Mini Gup thread. Next episode, the next episode of Mini Gup will be coming out on the fifth of October, and the next episode in this feed will be Final Fantasy Union, which is our questions episode. So if you have any questions, feel free to ask those, and we will try our best to answer them. If there are any changes to the schedule, we'll let you know on the site or on our Twitter feed, which is forward slash Gaming Union. So. Guys, would you like to say goodbyes? Bye. No, I don't want to leave. Aww. I don't want to leave. <laughs> well, no, it's good you no, made no. it through without dying. Yeah. <laughs> well, we have to find out what people want first. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you can text 001 for me to live, 002 to die. <laughs> we'll go that way. Choose your own adventure. Yeah, reply in the, reply in the podcast thread. Yeah, exactly. Mm. We'll, we'll put it to a vote. What if, yeah, decide Jordan. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so enthusiastic about this. Why am I championing this idea? I think you're hoping that people will be nice to you. Yeah, I'm fishing for compliments. Your, your charisma, yeah, your charisma will come across. Like, no, we don't want Jordan to die. But oh, well. I'm Daryl saying goodbye, and this is for Tweaksmusic.com and GamingUnion.net production. <laughs> <laughs>